Cam. Tam. Oh my god. <laughs> Sam. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG 1. Hello. Hello. How's it going? I am fine. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just catching up on watching Stargate. (laughs) Even though I'd already seen it once, I needed to watch it again. (laughs) Fair. I only just watched it today, too, even though we're recording it later in the week than usual. (laughs) Yay. Indeed. How's your uh, free time going? It's nice. I've been getting some annoying emails because work emails are always annoying. But aside from that, it's fine. All right. Yeah. It's good times. All good right. times. Yeah. Spending some quality time with my puppies. Aww. Playing some video games. Doing some running. Because nice. I'm stupid and signed up for some races to do. <laughs> and that's been my time, mostly. Nice. And trying to not stress about how unproductive I'm being because... That's the kind of thing that my brain likes to stress about. You should just enjoy it while you can. do my best. (laughs) Yes. That's what I'm trying to tell my brain. My brain's but like, what if we did a whole shit ton of work? And I'm like, no brain. Now is not the time for that. No. No. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Indeed. It's been chilly and windy, and I don't like it because it's supposed to be spring. And I know, I guess it was 60 today, but it started off at like 35. It was very chilly this morning. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is not what I want from spring. I don't really want the global warming 80 degree spring either. I just want spring. Spring. Yeah. (laughs) I rode my bike into work today, and I don't have my gloves in my carrier anymore. And I regretted that today. (laughs) Yeah, I was wearing gloves when I went out earlier today. I'm like, it's May. This is stupid. (laughs) This is very stupid. That's okay. I rode as fast as I could, both so my hands would not be cold for long and also so I would not be late for work. Fair. Both of those are good reasons to ride fast. Yeah. I am boring today. Wow. Uh, So am I, but so was this episode, so it's fine. You just finished watching a boring episode, so it makes sense that you have only boring things to say. I'm shocked you found it boring. I was so bored. (laughs) This time I did not complain within my notes about how bored I was, but spoiler, I was quite bored. (laughs) Should we say what you were so bored about? Sure. Let's jump in to the boredom. This episode that bored mary (laughs) was stargate sg1 season 6 episode 12 unnatural selection and it started with some flashback scenes from a butt ton of episodes and by a butt ton i mean i think three that's a butt ton i think that's how that's defined (laughs) yeah yeah three or more a butt ton yeah yeah reese's aka karen's father (laughs) made her wrong but on the bright side, she has some amazing ankle strength that the way she can run around on the graded ramp seems to let Until Jack shoots her. And maybe she'll still be useful since she knew how to make replicators? Oops, bad guys stole the whole brand new spaceship. But then SG-1 et al. won it back. 
Sam has no idea where they are. Maybe Thor can tell them. But no, instead, he has yet another favor to ask. Thus ends the tiny clip show. Excellent. Jack rightly asks Thor, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) Picks up right where we left off. And Thor is very serious that he needs their help. Jack, though, is like... It's our brand new ship. It doesn't even have a name. It's not finished. That seemed like some very strange points to be making since the Asgard had to destroy their brand new ship that was either only just barely finished or not quite finished and only just newly got its name. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they did do that. Also, I was thinking missed opportunity here. Since the destroyed Asgard ship was named the O'Neill with two L's, I really felt like this ship should be named the O'Neill with one L. (laughs) But that's not what happened. No. Thor needs this ship, though, because it's more low-tech than the Asgard ship. And the replicators will just ignore this inferior technology. Jack asks, well, then what? And Thor's like, well... Then I need you and your physical prowess and military expertise, (laughs) which Jack points out is flattery. (laughs) But he likes the flattery. He does. Thor explains the latest Asgard shenanigans that they attempt to defeat the replicators. And that is to build a trap of some sort. They found within Reese a command in her programming that they thought all replicators would still follow. So they used this command to call all the replicators to them. Always a good idea. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) But they had a trap. It's a trap! A time dilation device. That would trap all of the replicators inside, and then they would slow time down by a factor of 10 to the fourth power. This just seems like the dumbest, most (laughs) random bullshit plan. It really does. It makes no sense. The Asgard are very boneheaded, apparently, even though they're genius aliens. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous that this is the premise of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) just what the fuck yeah. <laughs> unfortunately for the asgard things did not go as planned who would have thought I know. this is shocking i was very shocked when they said it didn't work yeah so shocked i know well not that shocked thor was also very shocked they set this device up on apparently the first planet they ever settled good job way to destroy your planet which also made no sense what are you doing right if they could call them to anywhere, why not call them to an uninhabited planet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Makes no sense. So they set the replicators loose on their own planet. Encased in a solid neutronium shell was this device. And they thought they could evacuate everyone in time before the dilation effects took place. But something happened. They're not sure. Nothing happened. The time dilation device did not turn on. Somehow the replicators managed to stop it, they assume. Thor would like them to fly this new ship 
through the replicator space, repair the time dilation device, and activate it before the replicators can stop SG-1. This is also a terrible idea, because what if there's like just a problem with the activator and it suddenly goes off while they're in there trying to fix it? It's all such a bad idea. It really is. If you're trying to like do some controlled demolition and the bomb doesn't go off, you don't just waltz up to it and be like, herp derp, I guess that there's no it's not gonna work, so I can just go and reset the timer or the activator. No, you would need to deactivate the bomb in a safe way to make sure that it wasn't going to accidentally blow off. Rather than just waltzing in and messing around with it. But that's the plan. That's fucking stupid plan. Oh, and then there's credits. Yeah, there's credits. Yeah. After credits, Jack seems to think that the idea is as bad as I thought that it was, but Thor's pretty adamant that it needs to be done, and this is the only solution, the only possible solution to the problem. The replicators are going to have consumed everything possible from their home galaxy within short order, wherever the hell that is. I guess it's also the same one as the Asgard's galaxy, and so he says that... The Milky Way will be next. Despite being too primitive to consume, this is where they're going to go for reasons. <laughs> MacGuffin reasons. Yeah. Jonas asked if all the Asgard managed to escape this asinine plan when they called all of the replicators <laughs> to themselves instead of sending them all to an uninhabited planet. <laughs> And no, no, they didn't. Who would have thought there was a huge battle and a bunch of people died? But all the people that didn't die are now in some sort of evacuation fleet standing by in the void between their galaxy and ours, waiting to hear news of the success of SG-1 in fulfilling their ridiculous, stupid plan. So again, it all seems to be up to Jack. To make these <laughs> monumental decisions. Jack says he's considering. Jonas says there has to be other options, which, yes, Jonas, good point, you would think. But Thor says no. No, there are not. <laughs> Everyone else on SG-1 takes their turn protesting the plan. But Thor basically just comes back to all of them with, nope, you're wrong. Only solution has to be this way only thing we can do oh hey look we're back at earth already and also i've transported a bunch of weapons and food from stargate command already (laughs) that was also such a weird take what if they needed the food and supplies and everything for other missions and other people and things but thor doesn't care about any of that Jack does say that he hopes that Thor did the paperwork for all of that. (laughs) Even though it's been all of like two minutes, Thor's like, so you're reconsidering, right? (laughs) And for whatever reasons, Jack's like, I guess I'm leaning towards reconsidering. Again, despite the lack of a chat with Hammond or the president while they're here at Earth, maybe talk to them and get some feedback. But nope, they turn around and just leave the solar system. But they do allow Jack to call home and at least tell Hammond what's going on, even though they have not given him the chance to ask for feedback (laughs) or opinions or orders or anything. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is 
happening in the SGC, suddenly they realize that all of the stuff in their armories disappeared. <laughs> I was really hoping we would get this scene. I'm glad we got this scene of everyone just being like, what, what the hell? What is going on? Yeah. Walter also reports that the reporter and the SFs and the people who stole the ship in the first place were all just beamed into the SGC into different places. Like random places. Wasn't one of them put in the kitchen or yes. the cafeteria or the, something? The, the non-prisoners were put in the yeah. cafeteria. <laughs> so weird. And half the food stores are gone. Yeah. Kevin is standing right in front of the viewing window, and he's like, are you sure the Stargate's been inactive? <laughs> I was like, seriously? Can you not look around, Hammond? You've been standing right there, Hammond, first of all. And second of all, you're asking Walter if he's sure it wasn't activated. How inept do you think Walter is that he would miss the Stargate being activated with all the bells and alarms and everything that go off whenever it opens. And Walter loves reporting on scheduled, unauthorized off-world activations. It is his one job. <laughs> it's, it's stupid, stupid but he's going to do it. <laughs> they could just get an alarm to automatically say that, but no, that no. is what Walter is here for. <laughs> Hammond's like, what's going on? And then suddenly, Holographic Jack is there in the control room with them. He says, hello. And then suddenly, it's like, oh, okay. Hammond's like, oh, it's great to see you. I'm glad that you picked up on this weird attitude change, too, because <laughs> he was so oddly cheerful and chatty all of a sudden. Like, oh, everything's fine, I guess. Yeah. I guess in that like moment where Jack says hi, all of what happened just turned in his head. <laughs> you would think he would be more upset about a bunch of their weapons and supplies disappearing. Like food, yeah, big deal, but not a huge deal. But like a bunch of their weapons yeah. going missing, that's a huge deal. But no. Oh, hey. Yeah. It's Jack. Yeah. Good to see you, buddy. Jack's all right. The ship's okay. Yeah. Asgard have come to the rescue. Except they didn't. Except they didn't. Yeah. As Jack says, they're going to be coming to the Asgard's rescue. And they are the reason that all of this stuff disappeared off the base. <laughs> Jack tells him, you might want to get upstairs and punch a one on the old speed dial. And Hammond's <laughs> like, my grandchildren. <laughs> so, Kathy, does this mean that the whole time his red phone has been going to his grandchildren? I don't know. <laughs> Directly to his grandchildren instead of the president? I don't know. It could be both. Maybe his grandchildren are president. I, well, we've seen his grandchildren are way too young to be president, but that made me wonder, have they just been cosplaying as president this whole time and he's been going with it? Yeah, they just stack up and then put a trench coat on them and then it looks like they're the president. Yeah. And then he calls them and he's having these conversations. Yes, sir. No, sir. Looks bad. Looks great. Everything's great. And he's actually talking to his granddaughters. Exactly. Of the president. Yeah. That's my headcanon yeah. from now on. Every time we see him on the red phone, I'm going to assume he's talking to his grandchildren. Jack did not mean his grandchildren, though. He meant President Bestie. <laughs> what if President Bestie doesn't even exist? Oh, my God. I guess he has to exist. Everyone elected the 
children in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I guess someone has to exist as president. <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> Jack thinks the president might want to know what the Asgard are going to do with their yeah. ship. Back on the X-303, they're talking. The mission was officially approved, finally. Not that they had any choice, because again, they're already on the way there. Thor already has them heading to that place. He was not looking for permission. He just went. So the permission does not matter. (laughs) Only Jack's consent matters. Right. Exactly. I don't even know why he bothered to ask Jack for consent because Jack didn't even really say yes before Thor was like, great, let's go. (laughs) This is where they have the very important conversation about what the name of the ship should be. And Jack suggested the Enterprise, which apparently the Joint Chiefs and nobody else went for it. Sam says that they can't call it the Enterprise, which is stupid. Jack wants to know why not. And I also want to know why not. Me too. That would have been an amazing idea. Also, and I looked this up, there have been ships from the 1700s on called the USS Enterprise. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) There are even pictures on some of the Enterprise, like in some of the ready rooms for the captains of some of the old timey ships. I think it was Enterprise the series where they actually had the most Enterprise ship pictures on the Ah. wall. Not spaceships, but like old timey Enterprise ships. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason that they shouldn't name it Enterprise. None at all. Yeah. Sam suggests Prometheus because that was the project name, and that's dumb, Sam. (laughs) Jack also thinks it's dumb because it's a Greek tragedy, and that's dumb. (laughs) But enough of talking about the name of the ship. Jack wants to know what Sam is doing at the moment. She's been playing around with some device. She says that the Asgard figure that the replicators were somehow able to disable the time dilation device by destroying whatever control mechanism they had in place. I guess they've basically rebuilt one using earth materials and they're going to try to go and replace it with this one. And what could go wrong? (laughs) Nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jack is hungry. So Sam tells him to go to Cargo Bay (laughs) 3. And he does. He does. And we do get the one best scene of the entire episode. It was so good. (laughs) It really was. They have a conversation. It's Jack, Tilk, and Jonas. But the point of the conversation is to watch them play with their ice cream. They're eating ice cream. Jack goes in. Clearly Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's. Jack comes in to find Jonas and Tilk eating Ben and Jerry's because there's no refrigeration (laughs) on the ship. So they're going to start with the frozen things. And smartly, they're starting with the ice cream, which is the most important thing and what I also would have eaten. Obviously. Yeah. Teal's got some kind of chocolatey looking one and Jonas's mm-hmm. is a little lighter. I don't know exactly. I couldn't tell by the container what it was. No, I don't know. It looked like it might have had caramel chunks in Maybe. it just based on the yeah. art on the package, but I don't know. They're talking about how this is Jonas's first time up against the replicators and Jonas is fascinated by them because a human created Reese who then created the replicators as toys. So it was all so innocent. But then in case the irony of the situation was yeah. lost on anyone when they introduced <laughs> it, they're going to smack you in the face with it right now. Yeah, But so they're having this conversation talking about it. Jack takes a plastic <laughs> fork for some reason <laughs> and goes to try to eat some of Tilk's ice cream. And Tilk pulls it away looks at him and while he's looking 
reaches behind him and grabs a totally different carton of ice cream to give to Jack. I just loved his expression in this scene. <laughs> so good. Also, Jack looked legitimately surprised. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best part of the entire episode. <laughs> it really was. While they're still talking, then Teal'c takes Jack's ice cream and gives him his. I think he finished his, and so he just gave Jack his empty carton. Okay, I wasn't. And took the full one from Jack. <laughs> I was like, okay. That was my takeaway, was that he was done, and he wanted Jack's now. <laughs> then he notices they're slowing down. Sam asks Jack to come on up. So Jack tells him they're on their way. They put their ice cream containers down, and now there's, like, I didn't even see the empty one after that. It was, like, two ones with whiter ice cream in it. Anyway, that- I want ice cream Literally, now. that scene was all about the ice cream and not about them talking about the replicators. No, because all they were doing is recapping the episode that we already saw. <laughs> yeah. And already got recapped to a certain extent. I guess they didn't really go into this much detail in that recap. Oh, they had an ethics discussion, too, yeah. about how- the replicators aren't evil. They're just doing what they're programmed to do. Like a virus isn't actually evil. But it was, yeah, it was all about the ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I want ice cream too. Sorry. Right? <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, seriously. Up on the bridge, Sam tells everybody that they came out of hyperspace a minute ago. Thor says this is as far as they can go without endangering his ship <laughs> with the replicators. So they've got to continue on their own from here on out. But the time dilation device actually has been activated, despite what they had initially thought. The problem, though, is it's going in the wrong direction. Instead of making time slower within its atmosphere, ambiance, diameter, field. There we go. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. (laughs) It's instead making time speed up by a factor of 10 squared. So even faster than it was supposed to be slowing things down. That seems bad. Jack says that even they know that time machines are nothing but trouble. It's not technically a time machine, I guess, although it's affecting time. So I guess technically it is. Never mind. Hmm. Yeah. It's just not a time travel machine. Right. Ish. Yes, exactly. Tilk says that the replicators must have just used the original device and changed it to serve their own purpose, which didn't make any sense to me. Why would they feel the need to speed up time for themselves? Yes, it would mean that they would accomplish more work in less time as far as the rest of the universe is concerned, but do they really have it in for Thor and SG-1 specifically that badly that they want to make sure that they have years to adapt and change, but still make sure that Thor and SG-1 are alive when they're done? Don't know. It makes no sense. Why would they care about what's really happening elsewhere? They could just like stay in their little area and then just come back out when they're ready. But no, that's not how this works. Long story short, in an hour of regular time, Four days are passing for the replicators, and who knows how long it was since they triggered this thing. So it might have even been hundreds of years as far as the replicators are concerned. Here, Thor says, if you wish to reconsider, we all know that he's not actually giving them the chance to reconsider, though. No. He's just pretending to for appearances. (laughs) Also, he knows that they're going to go anyway at this point and that they're not going to back down. 
So they get ready to go. And Thor wishes them luck. Well, he sits on his butt and does nothing to help. I really enjoyed when Jack uses the phrase, the other shoe to drop. And yes. And Thor's like, we hope this will be the last footwear to fall. <laughs> that part was amazing. I enjoyed Agreed. that very much. Yeah. <laughs> the whole episode so far, aside from the ridiculous premise I was totally fine with, was not yet bored. But then from here on out, it just gets worse and worse. Okay. Yeah. From a boredom standpoint. The team is in their ship heading toward the now replicator planet. <laughs> Jonas is playing with a P90. I believe he is either taking it apart and putting it back together again or unloading and reloading. Okay. Doing some drills of some sort. Jack, yeah, because Jack tells him to do it again. But then also Jonas says his hands are covered in blisters. Is that a thing that happened last episode that I'm forgetting? I don't think so. My impression was just that Jack had him doing so many drills to get him ready for this that his hands are now blistered. Ugh, Jack, you suck, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense, though, because they, in the past, have just needed to shoot a lot and kill replicators. So, yeah, the faster you can reload, the better. Exactly. Yeah, okay, that, that was my sense. impression. Okay. Is they want to make sure that he can handle his <laughs> P90 so for a replicator fight. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. With you now. Sam lets them know over the radio that they are going to pass through the time dilation field. Jack says they are on their way back to the bridge. As they are passing into this time dilation field, they encounter a replicator vessel. They get scanned. Teal'c says they are scanning us very ominously. Quite. There's a bright light that goes through the ship to indicate the scan. That's not really important, but... Sam tells them they're being scanned, which they're... <laughs> they really want to make sure we know yeah. they're getting scanned. <laughs> like, but we can see the light on Jack and Jonas. I think they know. Yeah. <laughs> After the scan, though, the replicators are like, nah, we're good, and leave them alone. So they're ready to land on the replicator planet that used to be a thriving Asgard homeworld <laughs> of some sort. Maybe not homeworld, but yeah. yeah. Major yep. Asgard place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it was one of the first places they colonized, I guess that wouldn't make it their home. Well, I don't yeah. know. It was like, that would make it their homeworld. No, it would not. They would yeah. have a homeworld, and it was one of the first ones they colonized from there, I guess. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter <laughs> Doesn't because matter. they're not there now. No. There is a structure at the location they were told they needed to go to. There's not a whole lot else around there. There's a whole big long countdown scene things seem a little bit iffy jack is the only one that is not seated and buckled in which seems like a bad idea but he manages to be fine anyway i was wondering several things how does sam know how to pilot this why and how does jonas know how to pilot this (laughs) because this thing was non-functional so they couldn't have ever trained on it did they build a simulator just for training on this thing because i can't imagine necessarily knowing how to fly regular air force aircraft would be very helpful for flying this big giant ass spaceship maybe jonas just read everything about it and therefore he knows it's entirely possible which maybe answers my question as to why jonas is piloting instead of teal since (laughs) teal is a legitimate pilot of spacecraft but no i don't know tilk's in the jump seat well as i said jack is just standing there 
Anyway, they do manage to land safely. Jonas screams touchdown, which was weird. (laughs) They're going to go and check out the building. On the surface of the planet, it seems very thunderstormy and terrible. Is that a result of the replicators or was it already like that? That's a good question. We don't know what the Asgard's like natural environment is. We no. never see their planet. No, but apparently it's compatible with humans because they didn't have any kind of true EV suits or anything like that on. They were just in their normal fatigues and no masks or anything. Jonas says this can't be the only structure on the entire planet, which was silly because you would think that Jonas would realize that there's more to a planet than what you can see from one horizon to the other, which then made me wonder if Jonas is just a flat earther in hiding. I do. That's a good question. I don't. Yeah. It also seems silly because in the last episode, when the uh, people were complaining about how a billion dollars doesn't buy you a lot, Jonas is like, Whoa, you'd be surprised. And then they open it up and they go underground. Who yeah. knows? There could be a whole underground society. Right? He doesn't exactly. Know. And I know they scanned the planet and found this one building, but there's a whole other side of the planet. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it could be that there's underground structures or there could be things on the other side of the planet. It seemed very weird that he was like, I guess this is the only thing on this whole planet. <laughs> he has Stargate brain now. Apparently Stargate vision. so. I- yeah. Apparently so, because Jack confirms that by saying, I guess they ate everything else. That must be (laughs) the case. Absolutely must be. And then Sam adds to it by noticing that the ground is actually made of replicator blocks now. And she guesses that they must be miles thick for reasons. (laughs) Reasons that make no sense. Okay, Sam, whatever. Must be the result of the time dilation device, she figures. Because in relative time, they've been here for hundreds of years. And have eaten everything and are now dormant to conserve energy. They go inside. I don't even know what the heck is in this building. Yeah. They find immediately the device. Yeah, basically. of course. The one building that has the device in it is conveniently the one building that is still standing. Yeah. And the device is still available and unchanged and completely intact. Sam goes over to have a look at it. She leans down. She thinks that she might be able to dot, dot, dot. When... This guy appears. I mean, he walks. He doesn't actually appear. He asks who they are. Jack introduces himself and asks who they are. But then this guy is like, the others are coming. And then some more people appear just standing there. And one guy steps forward. I recognize this guy. He looked very familiar to me and I did look him up. He played Duke on General Hospital, which I definitely know him from. Fair. I didn't remember his character specifically, but I realized that he has been on General Hospital for almost my entire life (laughs) from the 80s up until 2020. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, chances are when I was watching General Hospital in high school, he must have been on there, I guess. Not continuously. So he... this. World, I know too much about General Hospital in, like, the (laughs) 90s. You're the one that got me into it in the first place. It's all my mom's fault. But (laughs) That's fair. She didn't even watch General Hospital. She watched the other two, and that one just flowed into it. He was also on those, though. Yeah, yeah. According to his IMDb page, which totally makes sense because he definitely has soap soap opera guy face. So did you when you were watching General Hospital, was Robin Scorpio on? Sounds familiar. She, She had AIDS- or she had HIV, her mm-hmm. her boyfriend died of AIDS, but her mom, Anna, was married to this guy, but he wasn't Robin's 
dad. He was her stepdad. Duke. I see. That's basically what I remember. But then they were gone for a long time, even though Robin was still around. And yeah. <laughs> he also looked a little bit like Val Kilmer to me at times, which well, I thought might also bit. be why yeah. he looked kind of familiar. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. General Hospital. Haven't watched that in 10,000 years. No. Pretty sure uh, Sonny is still on there, though. I think so. And I think what's her face that he was supposed to be married to, at least for a while, is also supposed to be on there. And she looks exactly the same. (laughs) They both look exactly the same. And the only reason I know this is because it was on in a waiting room that I was in somewhere. (laughs) And I was like, holy shit, it's been like 20 years since the last time I watched this show. How do these people look exactly the same? It's upsetting. It's sort of like Susan Lucci, too, from All My Children. It's disturbing. Just look the same for so many decades. Yep. (laughs) So very weird. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, though, doesn't introduce himself. He just asks Jack, what do you think you're doing? Jack's like, "Mm, clocks, we'll be out of here. Bye. (laughs) But this guy is concerned about Sam trying to fiddle with the time device. They don't want her to do that. And if she doesn't stop, they're going to take action. Jack's like, well, we maybe we'll take some action. They have a little standoff. The problem seems to be for SG-1 that's the adjustments that Sam needs to make are going to take hours. I mean, it really doesn't make any sense that they she is able to make the thing work at all, seeing as supposedly hundreds of years have passed. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Jack asks, who are you? Because you guys, this whole planet is covered in replicators. And this uh, Duke, what it, he doesn't have a name. He's the first, right? First. First. Is, yeah. We don't know that yet, but yeah. He's like, no. yeah, we know. Because we're replicators, you idiot. Jack doesn't hesitate. He just starts shooting, followed by <laughs> Teal'c and Jonas trying to kill these folks. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> You're so weird. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you were saying (laughs) the shooting them doesn't do a thing. And then suddenly there's also the standard replicator. There's a bunch of them surrounding them. The guy tells Jack to order Sam away or clearly there will be problems. Jack does order Sam to stop. Then they are asked to surrender their weapons. So they do because what else are they going to do? And then this guy is like, oh, well, where are my manners? Let's shake hands. First of all, how would they even know about the Earth custom of shaking hands? Also, second, who, when you're about to shake hands, holds their hand out to the side like I this guy know. did? When you're looking for just a regular handshake. It seemed I weird to know. me. It seemed more like a cross between a high five and a handshake, which is a thing, mm. but it seemed weird in this situation. Yeah. I don't know. But. I was just looking for reasons to hate the episode by now because I was already. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I was like, stupid guy with his weird handshake ways. Yeah. Go back to your soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. 
Jack, though, doesn't want to take this guy's hand, but the guy's like, oh, if we were going to hurt you, we probably would have done it already. So, you know, welcome. Jack then shakes his hand, but the guy squeezes the crap out of his hand, forcing Jack onto his knees, and then he shoves his hand into Jack's head. That seems unfair. Yes. Jack screams, and then the other yeah. folks who were hanging out grab the rest of SG-1. And apparently this is a method that they can use to read people's minds or go literally <laughs> into their head. Apparently. First says that they are in Jack's unconscious mind now, which is weird, because how is Jack aware of this, if that's the case? <laughs> I would think that they would be in his conscious mind, not his unconscious mind, but whatever. First is asking Jack's unconscious mind about Memories that wouldn't be in the unconscious mind. <laughs> anyway, I know I'm being pedantic, but I was Shocking. very bored with this scene, you see. <laughs> the point is that first is able to read Jack's mind by doing all of this. He can read Jack's iris code. He laughs when Jack asks what animal he's thinking of. So I guess he's not completely reading his mind, but he's kind of reading some things and not others. And we get yet another flashback from Cold Lazarus of season one, when Charlie shot himself, just in case anyone forgot about that, first says that Jack is right to blame himself. Oh, dick. Jack tells him not to do yeah. that again. They had been standing in a fake gate room of sorts up until this point, and an event horizon appears, and first says that they're going to go through there, and Jack is going to take him to every place they've ever been. And they go. Later, we're back on the bridge of the ship that could be called Prometheus or Enterprise or even <laughs> O'Neill. Who knows? But <laughs> one L. One L. We see Teal'c kind of waking up and looking around and he turns some lights on and we see that he, Jack and Sam are all seated in the chairs on the bridge. Jack wakes up. Sorry, the oh. beer wolf brought me the Von Trapp Hellas I had to crack nice. into. Yeah, you did. Because I just finished a Von Trapp Ooh. Pilsner. It was good Sweet. timing. I was just about done with the other one. That is good timing. Well done, Jeff. I'm sorry, the beer... Right. Beer wolf, beer Kathy. Beer wolf. Yes. This time. <laughs> they wake up Sam and Jonas. They have all been through this extremely terrible and painful experience of having their head invaded by replicator hands and they have been 37 hours since this happened i guess <laughs> sure something like that they think about maybe blowing up the hyperdrive to stop the replicators but they are not sure if that is going to work jack tells tilk to message thor to tell him how massively he's screwed up <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a really long time before they get a response back from Thor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess hopefully they're not yeah. expecting any advice. Yeah. So Jack seems like he's willing to try this blowing themselves up and the ship thing. Jonas is trying to talk him out of it. Because the Asgard have yeah. not won their war with explosives and weapons. So probably this right. won't so work. Right. So why would yeah. this work? Right. Jack's like, oh, do you want to talk to them? And Jonas is like, hell yeah, I do. We can reason with them. Jack's like, oh, 
This is a huge leap in replicator evolution. This is important. Also, I noticed at this point that Jonas calls Jack Sir. And I found that interesting. And I haven't really noticed that before, but he does it more than once yeah. in this episode. And he's not in the military, so it kind of surprises me. He does call him Colonel, yeah. I guess. But yeah, why would he call him Yeah, Sir? Because he's because Jack is busy drilling him on uh, weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he just wants to honor the Earth custom. Yeah. <laughs> Did Daniel? Daniel no, never called him no. Sir. It was always Jack and... He didn't even call him Colonel. He just called him Jack. They had, I mean, they had a different relationship and a much longer relationship, but. True. There is definitely a more formal relationship between Jonas and Jack than Daniel had. But Sir seems weird. But anyway. It does. You're right. I totally missed that. (laughs) Thanks. Jack and Jonas have been walking along and they've made it to, I don't know, the engine room or something. I don't know where Sam is. They encounter Sam. She's uh not alone though. That young lad <laughs> that they first encountered is there with her. Fifth, Fifth, he calls himself. He carried them all back to the ship, but don't worry, it wasn't hard. They've also been invited to dinner with the replicators. No oh boy. And that's when we learn that Fifth is Fifth and the other replicator they were talking to was First. Fifth already knows that they were planning to blow the ship up and this is a bad idea because it will just feed energy to the replicator blocks and we've already taken your food to the temple and why don't you come eat smiling widely when you become hungry? Not that you have any choice since they have taken all of the food. Fifth then leaves. Jonas and Sam say that he is different than the others and what should we do? Sam thinks that they can fly, but she's not sure how far they'll get. So we should probably learn all we can and report it. So they're going to go be hungry. Or hopefully not hungry. Yeah. They'll pretend they're hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Inside the structure, there is some food laying out on the table. Definitely not all the food, which made me wonder where they put the rest of it. Also, it was weird that there were two pints of ice cream sitting out on the table that can't possibly be good anymore. (laughs) And there were no utensils, so how were they supposed to eat the ice cream anyway? Also, the melons that were there on the table, no way to break into those. They were going to drink the ice cream Mm, and hurl the melons at the table surface (laughs) to crack them open. That must be it. Yeah. Yeah, that must be it. Yep. First welcomes them and has them... Sit and says to replenish yourselves because organic forms store energy so inefficiently. There's some new chick there and her name is Sixth or her designation, (laughs) whatever. Jack notices that based on their order of creation and also order of seating, they're going girl, boy, girl, boy, which I thought was weird and stupid. Why not just make them all non-binary? Why give them gender at all? But... Whatever. Sam realizes that the table itself is made of replicator blocks. Apparently everything they're building is made of replicator blocks. Shocking. Looked like the floor and like parts of the wall were also replicator blocks. First continues to give them a little bit of backstory about how when the replicator brethren, I guess the metal precursors, (laughs) discovered the android Reese, they realized that she was their creator And so they studied her to learn more technology. 
from figuring out how she was built, they were able to figure out how to use little microscopic cells to build a new type of replicator. As super convenient plot device would have it, first was brought into existence just moments before the Asgard time <laughs> device was to activate. Which brought to mind so many questions, such as why would the template for the first person that they made be this middle-aged white dude? <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't it be another Reese? Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't it be another Reese? If Reese was dark-skinned, which she was, why would they have made him suddenly white? Why would they make him middle-aged? Again, why did they give them gender at all? But if they were going to give gender, why not be female like Reese was? But nope. Middle-aged white dude was the track that the replicators decided to go with instead of another Reese. He was able to use a minuscule crack in the neutronium shell of the device to get in there and do a little futzing around with the device to make it speed up instead of slowing down, which again, why? But I guess he just really had it out for specifically Thor and SG-1. <laughs> they were able to just take over the planet, just like humans took over Earth. And now they're going to do the same thing everywhere else also. When first tries to liken it to how humans took over on Earth, Jonas is like, yeah, that was natural selection and the survival of the fittest. The strong always survives, which is not always true, as first was trying to say. Sometimes some evolutionary changes are neutral and don't actually have an effect, but are then carried on in future generations anyway. But besides that, Jonas says there's nothing natural about them. And they've seen into their minds, so they should know how different they are from a natural being. First says, well, if you could see into the mind of your food animals, you'd probably see about the same way that we see you. Sam tries to argue that it was our kind that built their creator. And Forth is like, no, we built ourselves to be like Reese, not to be like you, which again... Not physically. <laughs> yeah. They did realize that there were some errors with Reese and they've been continuing to try to work on the programming. And so they made fifth with an attempt to fix the errors that were present in her. But as far as they're concerned, fifth is just a bit off and wrong. This is a very talky scene where SG-1 wants to know what the plan is now. Can they maybe go? What's up? And first basically says that we're just going to keep going into your minds over and over again because why else keep you around? Cool. Yeah. Also, don't fight it because it will hurt less if you don't fight it. They point out that fifth was not able to go into any of their brains because only first through fourth got the chance since there was four of SG-1 and they want fifth to go into somebody's brain. So Sam says that she won't, odd way to word it, I won't blame you if you choose me. Okay, why not just outright volunteer? But long story short, Sam volunteers and lets fifth go into her head. But instead of sticking his hand in, he just puts his forehead to hers, which it seems like a much gentler and preferable approach. Yeah, couldn't the other ones just do that? You would think. Inside this place, we learn that this is not Sam's mind. It's Fifth's. Fifth's mind, unconscious mind, I don't know, is just a dark, rocky place 
with lightning <laughs> right i thought that that was a very strange because he's like almost bragging about how this corner of my mind is mine alone i'm like wow yeah that's the aesthetic you chose for yeah it? this is the only place where they can communicate without the other replicators knowing so they start talking about fifth about how he's a mistake and sam's like no they're a mistake and you could help us because you're more like us than them Fifth objects for numerous reasons, like the others will destroy him. They're his brothers and sisters. Good reasons to object. Yeah. Sam's like, well, maybe you could come with us. And then that will give everyone time to figure out how to fix his brothers and sisters trapped in the time dilation device because the Asgard weren't planning to destroy the replicators, you see. Of course not. Of no. course not. Fifth is extremely naive and smiles and is like, what do you want me to do? Later, Sam wakes up on the floor. It seems everyone else got another invasion of their heads again because everyone else is laying on the floor too and they wake up. Sam gives them all the good news that they can trust Fifth and he's going to help them get out of there. Good news, everyone. Great. He's actually already done some work because he's still in there at the device thing, which is conveniently like 10 feet away from the table where all their food was laid out. It's always a good idea to leave your enemies with the device that can be used to destroy you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So he has the good news that he's going to go with them also. Just like he and Sam agreed, he's fixed the time dilation device. It's going to work the way that they want it to now. It's going in the right direction and everything's fine. They just need to get back to their ship and he'll come with them. Jack's like, great. At some point, Sam said she had something to tell him. And Jack's like, great. I guess this is what you were going to tell me. (laughs) Fifth says that the others are off merging with their brethren. That's weird. Whatever that means. They're sharing information about what they learned from SG-1. It's like the Great Link. It is exactly like the Great Link, (laughs) actually. It's about merging thought and form, idea and sensation. With less gold. Yes. (laughs) And probably less slime. But I don't know. They need a command code, so Jack types in a command code, and they're all going to head back to the ship to get ready to go. Sam says it's going to take about two minutes to get from where they are back to the ship, so they're going to need to set the timer. She says she'll set it for five minutes, and Fifth is going to hang out there because he needs to wait a little bit longer to make it less obvious that he's gone off after them, but you would think that all of the others would notice that SG-1 was gone and be suspicious that something's up. Yeah. Hmm. But no, just fifth hanging around to distract everyone will be enough. Sam says she's going to set the timer for five minutes. Jack mouths to her to set for just three minutes. One, two, five. Lisa, three. I was rather annoyed that they're continuing to be shitty by trying to gain the trust of these robot people and then breaking that Uh trust. Fifth asks them to promise that they won't leave without him. Sam says, nope, just head to the ship in a little over three minutes, even though she has just set the time on the device for three minutes. And they leave, leaving Fifth behind. And it was shitty. Yep. Sam and Jack make a run for it. While meanwhile, Jonas and Teal'c have returned to the ship while Fifth stands watch over the device. 
counting down for the time for him to start his run. Jack on the way tells Teal'c and Jonas to fire up those engines now. So they start to do that. Before Fifth is able to leave, like seconds before, the rest of his family are back with him and need to know what he's done and where the humans are. Hmm. First knows they're clearly trying to escape and that he's also read Fifth's mind and knows that the device has been set and but they've got time to stop it. Fifth's like, they wouldn't leave without me, she promised. <sighs> and first tries to convince them to stop the machine. But Fifth is like, no. Yep. Yeah. Fifth says there's still two minutes left, and first is like, no. Check that timer. And yeah, no, there's three seconds left on it rather than two minutes. And Fifth very sadly and quietly says, she promised. The device activates. Everything freezes to indicate the slowdown in time. On the X-303, Tilk says that they are beyond the time dilation field. And Thor is already sending them congratulations and they're going to rendezvous soon. Jonas speaks up and asks Jack, do you realize what you just did? And Jack, angry and adamant, says he did the right thing. And Jonas is like, yeah, but you used his humanity against him. Jack is indignant at Jonas using the word humanity to refer to the replicator guy. But Sam's like, no, no, Jonas is right. That is what we did. Jack yells at them that he wasn't human and they need to get that through their heads. Sam says, could have fooled her. Jack just reiterates that they all know that they did the right thing, that he did the right thing, and that things would have been bad if any of those replicators had gotten out with them. Jonas and Sam hope he is right. And the episode ends with a closing shot of Fifth's very sad, frozen face. Hope that doesn't come back to haunt me. Yep. Yep. Kathy, did you like the episode? It was okay. I wasn't as bored as you were. Uh, the beginning entertainment of the ice cream and Hammond and all of that was good. And the end of this was upsetting. Yes. (laughs) That's really like where I sort of, it's an upsetting ending. And I feel like Jack definitely was arguing against, you know, Sam and Jonas about what he'd done but also I think he was a little too defensive and really trying to justify it to himself just as much as the others like they all don't seem happy about this and they all don't think they've done a great thing but I I think it is complicated because you know obviously he's right that if any of them had gotten out the replicators would just keep going yeah but also, they just leave them frozen in a time dilation device and eventually they're going to get out. And whoa, exactly. what's going to happen then, guys? Because they've just done the Asgard's boneheaded plan. Right. So I i don't know. I'm not really talking about whether I liked it or not. I just... <sighs> a little upsetting. A little funny. So I just kind of land like neutral on it, I guess. It was fine. How about you? <laughs> It's definitely a downward spiral for me. I was enjoying, fully enjoying the first, like, third of the episode. I actually had to leave 
to go to an appointment. I actually had a violin lesson because I've been taking violin lessons now because I'm like, what else do I have to do with myself this summer <laughs> to get ready for orchestra in fall? That is what I want to do. So I went and left about a third of the way through. And I was actually looking forward to coming back and finishing the oh, episode no. because I was enjoying it. Oh, no. But right at that third mark is when it started to get really boring. So as soon as I started watching it again, I was like, oh, this is really boring. I hope this scene is over soon and it just keeps being boring. And then it goes from boring to angry making and depressing at the end. So <laughs> definitely overall did not like the episode. But again, I will admit that the first third of it I really liked a lot. Yeah. I thought, though, that the premise of the plan that the Asgard had, as I already have mentioned, was really stupid and nonsensical and just such a dumb plot for the episode to be focused around that weird ass plan. I thought it was really shitty that once again, we're seeing them trying to get on the good sides and gain the trust of the robots only to then betray the trust again, which is just going to make the matters worse when they eventually come out of stasis, which I'm assuming they do at some point. So that was dumb. Also, I get that, no, you can't let all of the replicators out, but why not let Fifth out and study Fifth so that you will then be better armed for when you have to face the replicators again in the future, whether that be a couple of years or centuries or thousands of years. If you've been able to study Fifth, you'll probably be better armed to fight the replicators again in the future. And then also in the last season scene, we got a couple of shots of Tilk's face, but I was wishing that we had him giving his two cents on the situation. He didn't say anything in the last scene about how what he thought of True. the matter. And I mean, that's not really a complaint, but I would be interested to know what Tilk's thoughts would have been on the situation. Yeah, I kind of feel like he would land with Jack on this one. I kind of do too. So maybe yeah. it's for the best that we didn't learn that. But <laughs> he looked more contemplative. There was nothing about his face that was obviously for one side or the other. He looked contemplative and like he was listening to both sides of the argument, but he did yeah. not weigh in at all. I was just actually thinking about their conversation when they were eating the ice cream about how the replicators aren't evil. They just are. Yeah. But now I think they've crossed over into evil territory. So maybe all of them except, except for, for fifth. fifth yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not saying that they should have left fifth behind, but also I wonder the timing was really tight. I don't know if they really would have gotten away if they had taken him with them. The replicators might have discovered it sooner and sent their ships after I just, them. It, the I whole know. premise where he had to stay behind so that they wouldn't notice that he was gone. But again, they're obviously going to notice that SG-1 was gone. So why does it matter that he stayed behind? You would think as soon as they noticed that SG-1 was gone, that they would have gone after SG-1. So if they noticed that he was gone, would they have gone out any faster to find them? I don't think so. They might have known Fifth was gone sooner than SG-1 because their minds are connected. Mm. They might have been able to know he's, like, on the move. I guess. But we don't actually get that information, so. Well, we don't get that information, but we do get the information that their minds are connected. And he does say that they'll know that he's going. I feel like if they had more obviously stated that they would know as soon as he left the building, I would feel a little bit better about the situation. But do they know exactly where he is in the building at all times? Or would they just know when he left the planet? I don't know. He just says, if I leave, the others will know. Yeah. So, yeah. What exactly does leaving mean? Does leaving mean leaving the building or does leaving mean leaving the planet? I don't know. Is an answer I would have liked to have and would have felt yeah. better having. Fair. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit. Yeah. So this episode and the last were both just like, eh. 
Yeah. Yeah. Last episode was meh, but I still liked it better than this one. I'm hoping that it turns around because this season I really feel like has been like banging. Yeah. I actually already, spoiler, I already know I like the the next episode. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Just based on the information I've already pulled up for it. Should should we find out about that next episode? Sure. Yeah. What is next? It is... Season 6, episode 14, Sight Unseen, SG-1 returns from a mission with an ancient artifact that triggers the ability to see hideous yet harmless life forms in a parallel reality. Don't they already have devices that allow them to do that? I, it, interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it's different. Maybe it's not a parallel reality so much as a different dimension, Yeah, huh. which is not the same thing. We'll have to see uh, if they bring up that during the yeah. episode. I don't know. Uh, anyway, as the effect spreads to civilians, O'Neill and his team must find a solution before mass hysteria breaks out. I love mass hysteria. What are you doing, Jack? Yes. Also, it's in O'Neill again, right? Or is it, it the team? O'Neil. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I already put the book down. Oh. Uh, O'Neill and his oh, team. Oh, and his yeah. team. Oh, at least they, they do get give a them nod. at least a little yeah. bit. Of credit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, over at the TVDB. The team returns to Earth with a piece of technology that allows them to see alien creatures everywhere and must attempt to contain the problem when it spreads beyond the base. I don't remember this episode. Oh, really? No. I remember this one and I remember liking it a lot. Ah, all right. So we'll have that to look forward to. Woo! Yeah. In the meantime, are we cool? Well, no, we're never cool. Oh, okay. Are, are we done with this episode? I think so. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast if you have not done so. We would appreciate if you would review it as well as spread the good word of stargazing to all (laughs) you know and converse with. Even those you don't converse with. Just like, you know, send paper planes out with our podcast information and some pamphlets to hand out. Emails. Do some. Ooh, you can send some spam emails. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everyone yeah. loves spam. Who doesn't? It is on my grocery list. I'm going grocery shopping tomorrow. I'll let you know how it goes. Excellent. Yeah. I look forward to this. Yes. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at stargazing at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website, stargazing.space. We also have a website. Yes, that's right. So you can go visit us there. And yay! basically, it's just a list of our episodes, which you probably already have <laughs> if you're listening to this. But if you want another place where you can see our episodes, <laughs> that's where you can do it. One of these days when we have a shop, it, there will yeah. probably be a link to yeah. it from there. Yeah. Yeah. If you like social media, you can find us on Instagram at Stargazing or on Mastodon at Stargazing at Mastodon.world. And if you are feeling generous and would like to donate some money to us, you can do so at Patreon.com slash Stargazing. That's everything, right? I think so. I think so, yes. I'm Kathy. And I'm Mary. And you have been listening to Stargazing. The end. The end. Why don't I stop this? And then I'll go eat a nom.